Hey guys, welcome everyone into Fox and Klein. I am John Klein, about to kick off one of the uh, very first, the maiden voyage of our special episodes. This is where we sit down with very interesting, exquisite, and wonderful people and just talk about who they are and who life is. I was unfortunately not able to be there for this interview, so this is JP and one of my favorite people, Larry Sharp. Let's see how it goes. All right, so I got you, Larry. I'm here. All right, magic. Well, where do I get started with you, man? You and your ideas, man, they're all over the place, but they're all interesting, and I can see where you're coming from, but hearing from you, you're like a ball of energy. Hearing you go is like a, is a mile a minute itself. Well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do a couple things, and the first thing is it doesn't really matter how good your ideas are if nobody wants to hear them, right? Correct. So you've got to be able to do two things. One, get people to want to hear them, which means you know, uh, issues that people care about, obviously. And secondly, make it exciting to where they want to talk about them and repeat them. Now, when you have that, you then have to then, of course, find the actual medium. And the media, to do that, um, if you're a third party, tends not to be mainstream. It tends to have to be things like podcasts and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. It tends to have to be that because the mainstream media is still on the idea of sound bites and the idea of the major two parties. But they right. haven't realized that the youth, particularly if you're under 30, some people over 30, but particularly if you're under 30, you actually prefer to have the long form. You prefer to have the podcast, sit down, talk, chat, to kind of figure out who this person is. Absolutely. Versus someone just said something cool. And that's kind of how the mainstream media still runs it, right? They find a soundbite, pull it out of context, and then either smear someone or deify them. By, by one one thing they said. And it's, and it's one of those things where they can't find a happy medium of when you're watching the news, you want to know what's going on in the world and see it reported on when really on, you know, on the mainstream and not just on the long form. In the long form, we can talk things out and, you know, actually, you know, not have a script, not have talking points. On these news stations, it's, we're getting everyone's opinion twisted in a certain way to fit a certain narrative. And instead, it's like if you're locked into that, all the things going on behind the scenes where everybody like myself and people that are not, you know, part of the left, right, middle, whatever, basically saying, hey, people, there's a lot of stuff going on that nobody's paying attention to that the media is giving all the attention to. Yeah, and, and there's even something more important, and that is we are often being influenced by our friends more than by the media, right? So if the media says this guy or gal is cool, then we go, yeah, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But if our friends say this guy or gal is cool, we're more apt to say yes to that. So that's the future, right? And look, the, one of the reasons why Donald Trump won, there are many obviously, but one of them is he went out and did long form constantly in front of lots of people. Those right. people kept realizing what he was doing, and then they went out and spoke to others. And they were, they were the ones who said, this is the guy, this is the guy. It's one of the reasons why the polls weren't so accurate. It's one of the reasons why people couldn't judge it, because he was doing we're just talking about kind of like behind the, the scene. And, 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 so, and so to this day with him as president, when, is he, when does he do like his best stuff when he's at press conferences, when he's off the cuff? Yes, yes. And as you notice, if you watch the campaign, Correct. Um, I, I did tons. I mean, I did 30 events a month, and I never once had notes ever. I did press, and I never had notes. I just said what I thought. I did a debate, and I had no notes. I just said what I felt was correct, and people tended to go, you know what? Even if I disagree with what the guy's actually saying, I actually believe him. I trust him. 
I think that was one of my uh, advantages. Now, 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 do you think for yourself now, now someone like, and it's not to like, you know, you know, toot your horn or anything, but do you think that that genuineness and that like, hey, I'm not going to go in there with something prepared. Do you think that that genuineness in like politics and like, you know, people in public spaces, do you think that's kind of like gone? Everybody has to go in with some sort of preconceived plan or, or some sort of, you know, mission or when you go into a debate, everybody's got their notes and all that. If you go in there from say, hey, I'm going to speak from the heart off the cuff, that's a lot. That's a lot more genuine than someone coming out with a stack of papers. It is, but the the issue we have to realize is the media hasn't caught up. With They're very behind. They're very, very, yes. very far behind. Everybody is already on the podcast. They just haven't that's figured correct. it out yet. They haven't figured it out yet. Exactly. They're behind. So the problem is, if you go into media, what do you get? You get we're going to put four people in four boxes and cover yeah. an important issue in six minutes. Well, you've got four people who all want to say an opinion in six minutes, and the host will say something. Each person gets one minute. That's really dumb. And debates are also dumb. Here's, here's the thing. Now, there's this times, very those are, those important... Are times, those are times by question, correct? Yes, but there's the other issue, right? Yeah, but you have a debate now, right? It's a similar situation as the media. If they put you in debates. Now, debates are important because of all the press you get. That's why debates are important. But in reality, debates are actually pretty dumb because here's what actually happens. There's some important question here, Larry Sharp, that's really critical, and we have to figure out how to fix it. Please tell us how you'll fix it in one minute. <laughs> how can you fix anything in one minute? It's impossible. Not just that, all the damage that's done to our country has been done over the course of decades, if not centuries, but surely decades, and you're going to fix that in a 60-second soundbite? Right. I mean, the entire concept is broken. It's dumb that that even exists. However, it is the system that we live in. The system is changing, though, and the, also... The, the system is changing rapidly, Larry. It's changing yeah. fast. It's changing very, very... And, it, and if people aren't paying attention, it's going to pass them by, and soon we're going to be in a socialist country. <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll get... There's the like, other Things issue. are happening so fast that people aren't recognizing. And, and the, the worst part is, and this is what I talk about constantly, why Terrifying. I chat so much about government and the economy and government... And society, because society is moving so quickly and government is not moving along with it. And government is sadly right now going out of its way to slow everything down. Isn't that and amazing? Isn't, yes. Isn't, and and not I was just talking the about idea. That. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and not, not for the concept of, of actual safety. I mean, I get if you're saying let's slow things down because I really want to make sure that as we grow, we grow intelligently. That at least would make sense. They're not. They're saying, let's slow things down because I don't understand that I'm scared. That's the reason. Right. And it's like, for, for, for me, full disclosure, Larry, you know, and, and you know, people that have, you know, listen to our podcast, I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016, but he's the president of the United States, whether you like it or, or not, you know? So in my book, if he succeeds, that means we succeed. You know, I agree. It, I don't want I don't want Donald Trump to fail. Of course it, not. It, I didn't vote Do I want Donald Trump to start World War Three? Of course not. That means we we're all screwed. You know, when, when, Look, when it comes to, when it comes to something like what that, I like, want to do is I want to I want to give people credit where credit is due. Right? Um, I think Donald Trump's wall idea is a bad idea. I think we you? can have yes, we can have border security and robust immigration. We can have both. It is possible. The problem okay. is he's jumped on a false narrative. He jumped on the idea that, you know, we have to have a wall. There's no other answer. And the Democrats have decided, well, we don't want a wall, not because there's no other answer, but because of Donald Trump. If you go back 10 years, there's lots of Democrats who wanted a wall and right. lots of Republicans who didn't want a wall. 
So right. they jumped on this just as for the wrong reason. Again, it is I want the wall because I'm Donald Trump, and I don't want the wall because I hate Donald Trump. These yeah. are the wrong reasons. The reality right. of it is, I want. Let me give you both of those pieces. One, the the border. We can do both. It's very simple. Here's what we do. We build two, and I mean two, Ellis Islands on the southern border. Two of them. One may be in Texas, maybe one in California, Arizona, the case may be. What does that mean? Now people who want to legally come to our country flood to the Ellis Islands, which is what they did 100 years ago, right? We, we wanted to still do that. Come to Ellis Islands, and now we can check you out. Are you a now, bad guy? Do you have ties? Are these, like, are these fenced-off areas or whatnot? They don't That's correct. Like, they, are, they are huge facilities. Absolutely. Okay, they're so huge they're facilities. facility types. Okay. Yes, and you might say, well, Larry, wait a minute. You're libertarian. You want us to pay for huge facilities? No, not at all. Literally, right now, in New York State specifically, but throughout the entire country, there are thousands of farmers spending thousands of dollars uh, on the black market to bring workers here. Well, I have an idea. Don't put that money into the black market. Put it to support these facilities. Not just that. Lots of farms and lots of factories also want these workers. Awesome. Right. You're spending thousands of dollars on the black market. Stop. Support these. Sponsor them. No taxpayer dollars. Sponsor these facilities. You make them massive, almost like schools. I'm not joking. Massive. Right. So you, you, make, you make two of them massive. Now, here we go. As people go into these places, now we can check them out. Do they have diseases? Are they uh, part of the cartels? Are they terrorists? Now, should these things be done without the media? Because I feel with the media, things get fun. Things, you know, going behind the scenes, things are really okay, but on the media, they're making things bad. Or one way or the other, I, you know what I mean? I don't care. If the, I hope that, let the media be that. I don't mind, because here's what's going to happen. Once you start having corporate sponsorship and people are actually getting jobs and people know where people are going, because here's the thing you, you want to do. Once people come in, you, they get temporary work visas, not green cards, not citizenship. Temporary work visas that are tied to a specific area wherever they are. Now, there are parts of DACA that are disaster and parts of DACA that are awesome. DACA itself isn't necessarily bad or good. There are parts that are good. Here's a good part of DACA. They had to check in every two years, right. and they couldn't have any welfare. We should copy that model for those people coming into the uh, into Ellis Islands. They go off. They've got to check in every two years. If we go there and they check in two years, they don't check in. Boom, illegal. Get them out of there. No, how, they check now, in now, how is that different than the catch and release, but then they just never show up again? Ah, here's the difference. They don't leave until they're okay to leave. Once and, they're checked and, and okay to leave. Requirements? It can be like a bullet, like how does that work? Right, exactly. That's the whole point. Yeah, okay, Once so you like have able control of the border. Age of health, something bingo! Like or gotcha, or gotcha, gotcha. even better, some company wants to sponsor them. Even better. That is, right? okay, okay, so a company is saying, I will, I will employ this person. Yes, even that. I love the concept. Look, we have tons of farmers who are taking like illegal out, outsourcing, but at, at, that's, that's, these are these interesting ideas, you know, Larry. Like, yes. It, 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 you don't hear this stuff. It's like once you get the wheels turning, you're like, okay, okay, I see what it is. Now, now, Larry, let me just rewind real big, a uh, little bit back on the wall. Now, here in Arizona, we're a border state, obviously, so it kind of like yep. it means more to us, but we see a little more, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, you know, last month, month and a half ago, you know, a couple months, um, 253 pounds of fentanyl, or was it pounds of fentanyl were calling the drug bus here at the southern border, and it was enough to kill like 50 million people. 
And all this stuff is coming through, you know, legal ports of entry, illegal ports of entry, you know, it's coming in legally, eagerly, um, legally and illegally. For me, I always just be against the wall. But when it comes to, I, I, I think something as simple as this, and I know you're going to be able to make this, you know, explain this a lot better than I am, but you take an area of, all right, there's a thousand free miles of space. If we put 500 miles of wall there, then obviously the hundreds of thousand miles that these people have to get the drugs and whatever, just people or whatever it is they're getting across the border, we're cutting that in half. We're going to at least help this situation. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to exactly, we're not going to erase it, but it's at least going to cut it down. How is it not going to cut it down at least a little bit? I will explain to you why that's not going to work, and I'll give you a better answer. Break it down. I'll explain why it won't work and give you a better answer. Number yeah. one, it won't work because the second you put that wall up, we will then not patrol it as much. If we don't patrol it as much, they'll, they'll dig tunnels under it. Okay. The reason why walls won't work, here's what I'm telling you, to be, why they won't work. If you create walls across the border, and actually they're actual walls, the only people who will get through are those who are well-funded. Who's well-funded? Cartel members and terrorists. So you'll make sure only the bad guys get through. How do we know this? El Chapo was behind walls twice with guns and got out both times. Why? Well-funded. If you have enough money, you'll bribe the right people, you'll dig the right holes, you'll get the right technology, and you'll get around. But here is my bigger point. If we had those Ellis Islands, all the non-bad guys would be going through Ellis Islands, which means everyone in between the Ellis Islands is by default the bad guy. A whole lot easier to find them because anybody crossing, not through Ellis Island, is a bad guy. That means we can focus all of our efforts on those areas. So, so we will actually be more efficient because there won't be the kids starving in the, in the desert. That won't happen. There'll be no caravans. That so basically it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be a welcoming center, essentially. That's we'll have correct. people there saying, okay, listen, you're, you're here, you're an immigrant, but we welcome you. This is your place. To, okay. So it's basically a, wel it's a, wel a welcoming center getting you into the place. You know, like... To me, it's like you lay it out like that, and just like, it sounds so easy to do that. And just be like, okay, we're okay with immigration. Because I think we can all agree. If people come here legally and do it the right way, do the paperwork, wait in line, do all that, I'm all, I think everyone can agree like it's okay for that. You know what I mean? I think the majority of us can agree on that. But, but not just that. This is a more important piece part, here. That's where things you, get kind of jaded. You talked about the catch and release part, right? One What's of the that? reasons why we can't get these people once they leave is when people are immigrants, they always go to immigrant enclaves. It's where they go, right? If you're right. in Ecuador, you go to an Ecuadorian enclave. If you go from Nigeria, you go to a Nigerian enclave. Like that's how like the MS-13 and stuff all starts. And that's how they can't get anybody because law enforcement can't get any witnesses. Why? Because right. half the witnesses are illegal. But imagine if, if they go to an, uh, what, an Ecuadorian enclave and the vast majority of them are legal people who have work visas when the cops come by and say, where's Jose, they go, he's right there. There he is. Go get him, cops. Because I don't want to mess my life up. Yeah. I'm legal. I'm making money here legally. I'm not letting Jose mess my life up. There he is. Go get him. Right. But right it's, now, they can't the do that. Release, because to me, the catch and release is so, uh, and, and like, I, you know, maybe I don't know the legalities behind it. To me, it's like, if we're going to release them, release them down south. Why are, we, why are we releasing them north of our border? Like, what's that? Like, but me, it's, but it's I don't actinized. even mind. The, the reason is you can't find them because everyone else is illegal. If they're legal, they will turn them over. Now, what if we How put do we ankle know bracelets that? on I'll them? give what you a best, the best example. Hold on. I'll give you the best example of this. 
and that is here in the United States, in New York State, in New York City where I live, uh-huh. we were able to stop terrorist attacks because the legal Muslims who were here pointed and called the cops and said, get these guys. Because the Muslims who are here legally making money, who have carts and stores and stuff, they don't want to screw their life up. They got kids in college. They got kids in high school. Right. They're here legally. So they tell on their people left and right. That would happen also with the Hispanic community. If the Hispanic community is legal, making money, kids in college, paying the taxes, whatever the case may be. And by the way, because of the doctor we put in place, not getting welfare, then they'd easily go, yep, there's Jose the bad guy. But not just that. Right now, Jose the bad guy can blackmail everybody because they're all illegal. Once they're legal, Jose the bad guy can't blackmail anybody. He has no power here either. And that's their team begins to go away. Because they can't just, be blackmailed it's so, either. It's such a wide spider web to just like you have to figure it all out. You know, it's just like trying to connect one thing to the other. Now, now Larry, I'm going to switch it up so on you. Much switch up on you. I'm going to switch it up on you and throw you a 12 to 6 curveball, all right? I'm from okay. New York City myself, Larry. I'm from Queens. Oh, I went to Colorado on Bayside, all right? Yep. The MTA, Larry, what is good, Larry? It's always, the since I lived there when I was 16, 17, 18, the MTA is an absolute disaster. Obviously, it was a big part of your campaign in 2018, you know, for the, you know, gubernatorial race 2018. What's good with the MTA? Is it ever going to be six men? Um, if they elect me governor, yes. If not, when, when is that going to happen? Let's hope 2022. Let's hope that happens. You're going to run so, uh, um, I probably will. The, the odds are good, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. If someone else may pop up also and be better than me. I want now my for, state fair. for you, like, it doesn't what is, have what to be me. Now, for you, what, what is, I mean, and, and, and honestly, Larry, I'm going to agree with you, because you know, I think that you, you're a great person. Behind, not that you wouldn't be a good space person, but you've got a lot of things going on where if you can, you know, even like you said, if it's not you, mold someone that has the same drive and same passion as you, where you're able to just throw any idea out there, and even if it's like, hey, man, let's throw this against the wall and see if it sticks, and if it's like, ah, let's move on to the next one, that's where things are going to happen. You know, as long as the wheels are turning, things are going to be happening. You know, yeah, look, I'm agreeing with you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I want my state fix. It doesn't have to be me. I'm happy if it's me. It doesn't have to be. Now, now one, one, of, your, one of your big things with how, uh, like, public education is one of, like, the main things that you ran on and, like, how, like, our, you know, uh, education systems can be changed, whether it's K through 12 or whether it's the high school system, standardized, te- standardized testing. Where do you stand on, like, the standardized testing when it comes to, like, high school and then, like, college exams to get into college? Well, look, the, the entire system is, is, is completely broken, right? right. College is, is nothing. Right now, college is just a scam. And it's I hate to say that. It's a money grab, right? But it's just this. That's all it is. Yes, it's, it's a huge money grab. You know, it's a way of, of wasting uh, kids four years in school, actually six years. The average kid takes six years to graduate. I absolutely agree. Yeah, they take six years away um, doing almost nothing, learning stuff that no one cares about, learning Being stuff scared. that no employer cares about getting $100,000 in debt, and there's no job waiting for you after. So why the hell would you do that? It is a massive waste of money. There's a massive waste of time. Now, there are some exceptions, obviously, right? So some exceptions would be if you already know what you want to do before you go in, and you specifically go for that thing, that can be very valuable. For example, if you know you're going to be a lawyer, you go to law school, you're going to be a doctor. But But the percentage of that is very low. Very low. That's the problem, right? That's that problem. may be 
10% of our kids who are going into right. school. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was either 10 or less. Because to me, yes. I mean, there was a stat was every single freshman in college or like on average a freshman in college or until your sophomore year, a freshman had changed their uh, major and average of three times by the, until they yes. didn't, uh, you know, talk. So it's like you go in and say, okay, cool, I want to be a journalist. Halfway through, you're like, man, I really like history. And halfway through, you're like, you know what? I really want to be a teacher. And all of a sudden, you're majoring in education. And, and it's like, yep. how'd you get here? Exactly. So my and whole then, point is, we should be starting this a whole lot earlier. A hundred percent. It's not a little bit. You're correct. You're totally correct. What should be it's, happening, and this is the future, by the way. My daughter is in high school now, and she's in Columbia High School. When the last two years of her high school, she'll be able to start taking college classes already. Right, That's AP. the future. We should start allowing all of our kids at 16 to start making some decisions. Absolutely. Right? So start deciding. Do you, wanna, do you think that college is right for you? Awesome. Then go to college. I'm not against college. I'm against going to college for the sake of going to college. Correct. That's a mistake. And the worst reason now is we start making college free. That's the answer. Let's make college free as if college is magic. College is not magic. A college degree was very valuable 30 years ago because very few people had it. Now everybody has it. College right. is the same as high school now. It's no longer impressive. And now it's you not. make it free, it has even less value. Right. So now kids are deciding to go to college because it's free. That's the wrong reason to go. Then they're picking a college because the state college is free. Yet again, the wrong reason to pick the state college. Right. You should go to college because it's right for you, and you should pick the college that's going to be good for you. If you think college is good for you at 16, here's what you do. Take two years off and go to a prep school. Do a two-year oh. prep school in college. If you do two-year prep school, here's what happens. Number one, during the prep school, you may learn that you suck at what you think you're good at. And if you suck at what you think you're good at, you can change your major in your prep school. Correct. It's good if you find out that you suck at it. It's good thing. Yes. It's a good thing. Yes. The, the price for failure at 16 is nothing compared to the price of failure at 26. Well, and think, and, and, so, and think about the society in we're right now. Like, failure to everyone is like a life ender. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and on, the on, funny on thing social is, media, you're right up there. You're embarrassed. You're shamed. It's like, you know, these days it's hard to say, dang, at 16 years old, I failed. I thought I wanted to be this, and I'm not this. And you feel like a failure. It's like it, it, it's a lot of things weigh in on it. Absolutely. So let's, let's start that now, right? But not just that. Let's say you, you actually figure out, hey, I did the right thing. This is exactly what I'm good at, and I like it. Now when you go up to college, it's not six years, it's four years because you are ready to rock and roll and you pick the right college that's going to work for what you think is your next step in life. That's step one. But let's say you don't want to do any of that stuff. You say, you know what, I can't stay in school. Great. Instead, go to trade school. Become a plumber, a carpenter, or whatever you think is a good thing for you. Work with your hands, a mechanic, whatever. Now, depending upon what state you are in and what field you pick, you might go to a trade school for two years and come out with a license. Yeah. Or maybe you'll come out with an apprenticeship or whatever's appropriate in that given field, right? But now you're 18 and you are ready to work and make some money. You know, we need tradespeople in this country. Why do we have foreign much. labor? That's now, why we have foreign labor. Because we're not Now, do you think, Larry, now this, this is just me like sip on. Now, do you think that that's something that, for example, like someone like me, I, I waited until I didn't go to college until I was 20 years old until I started college. I waited a couple of years, needed to figure it out, wasn't ready. I didn't want to go just to go, like you were saying, you know. So I waited until I was yep. 20, now, but I went to a community college. Do you think it's frowned upon when people say, all right, I started at a community college, or, hey, I'm going to UTI to learn about cars, and they're like, ah, he couldn't get into a, 
you think like there's a stigma kind of like, oh, he's going to be, you know, an HVAC person where that person's making a hundred dollars an hour as, you know, an HVAC technician. You know, that's a damn good you job. You are absolutely correct. And it's, and shame on us as a society because you're correct. The problem yeah. is high schools are judged based upon their college placement percentage, not based upon whether the kids are happy. And, so the and, guidance and, and counselors don't care about where test. you're going. And what you got it. On the test. Which has nothing to do with any individual American being happy. Those things are not related whatsoever, but that's how our high schools are graded. You are correct. It's a horrible stigma. I hear it all the time. Oh, you couldn't get to a good college. Oh, I'm sorry. Or, oh, he went to trade school? Ooh, so he was a bad kid, or he was a dumb kid. But that bad or dumb kid is now 26 years old, making six figures, happy as can be, where the other kid, 26 years old, has a useless degree, $100,000 in debt, and is a barista at Starbucks. I want to be the dumb bad kid. Yeah, I, I, That's what I, I, I want to be. Hey, listen. Larry, I'm, I didn't finish high school. Went to two separate high schools, got a GED, went to two, two different colleges, didn't finish college, went to broadcasting school, working at iHeartRadio. It just happened, my man. I worked my, I worked my tail off, you know? It, ha- <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have to be you're smarting, you're smarting your books to get where you need to be. All that matters, and this is what our country was built on, and no one seems to get this. Our Everyone country was built on the idea of life, liberty, pursuit of pursuit. happiness. The pursuit, happiness. the pursuit, not yes. the guarantee, the pursuit of happiness. We all had the chance. Yeah, and, and, we ha- and here's the other part. If you've been around a little bit, you know that you will pursue happiness. You may find it. You may lose it. You may pursue it again. You may not get it. You may then get it later. And that's simply how life works. You bounce up and down and around with what you're doing in your life, but you always try to pursue happiness, I hope. How in the world can someone pursue happiness if government is getting in your way and stopping you? For sure. It's, liter- it's literally anti-American. Yeah. No, and, and, and like, you know, kind of getting into, like, this, like, society, like, kind of, like, issue that was, like, do you think that, like, this kind of, like, polarized moment, because, like, you know, you know, kind of thing that I say is, like, the heat is up really, really high right now. You know, things are really tense at some point. Do you think we're in, like, this bubble where it's eventually going to burst? Is it going to die down? Is there something big going to happen? Or is it, like... You know, is this left versus right, you know, right versus right? Is there going to be no... Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to tell you. There's two things that uh, I'm worried about when it comes to, to bubbles bursting. Uh-huh. One is economic and one is political. Let me touch the political one first. Okay. You are correct. We are getting deeper and deeper left right without question. It's all doing right? Now people right. are making decisions based literally upon whether you like Trump or not. Right. And your that's party the wrong reason. Yeah. Yes, that's the wrong reason, Right. There are things that are good and bad about everybody to include Trump. I can't say Trump is going to eat my children or Trump is the God King. Both are wrong. He's just a man. He is neither an eater of children nor is he the God King. (laughs) And the problem is we've decided that he's one or the other. And that makes it horrible. Nothing but bad. It's It's okay to say... I didn't vote for him. He is the president. It's okay to say that. You don't have to It's say also okay to say you don't agree with the wall, but you still agree with border security. It's <laughs> also okay to say you don't agree with the wall. However, you're happy he went to North Korea. Right. That's <laughs> okay. Right? It's, he, he, it's okay to say he's just human. That's, that's right. Where, that's where it feels like we're living in that upside down, Larry. We're just like, wait a minute. It's yeah. good if he talks to him or it's bad if he goes there. Wait a minute. So it's bad if yes. he tweeted about him. But then it was bad that he also went and saw him in person for the first time that an American president has ever done that in history. That was bad also? 
and, and I can say both. I don't like that he tweeted at him, but I'm very happy that he met him. Well both done. Both things can be true at once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like yes, Ben Shapiro always say, two things can be true at once. It's, he shouldn't call him Little Rocket Man and threaten him with, a bu- with his button on Twitter. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Everyone agrees. But also, I remember the moment that uh, the South Korean president and Kim Jong-un stepped over the boundary of North and South Korea. My father and I were in, where was the draft this past year? Philadelphia? Back in the NFL, mm. we watched it. And my dad, I think, it turned on television, popped up on my phone, breaking news, turned on TV. And my dad, Delaney and Fed, he goes, oh, my God, John, we just witnessed history. And me, yes. I mean, I'm 28 years old, Barry, so, like, I don't know the whole ins and outs. Mm-hmm. Was John, like, you don't really know what you just watched, but, like, what we're watching is really... And that was... And to me, that doesn't happen without Trump, whether you like him or not. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm okay with, with, with both of those. So, so, but here's the issue. Right now, there has to be a third way. Yes. The problem that you have to have right now is it's left versus right, and left and right are both trying to force the other to embrace their views because they feel like they're being attacked. The left feels like Donald Trump is killing them all, and the right feels like Andrew, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez is killing them all. Neither is true, but they both believe that, and therefore they fight, and they say, you have to become like me. That's not going to happen. That's not what America is right. about, which is why I'm all about the liberty movement. It is the third way. The liberty movement says you can be as liberal or as conservative as you want to be, just don't force your views on others. Just leave people alone to pursue happiness the way they want to pursue happiness. I talked about this the other day. I talked about the idea of uh, uh, Beto, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Or Beto, I think it's Beto, right? Beto O'Rourke, the guy from uh, Texas? Yes. Yeah. Um, he, they, people got mad at him because he said, um, yeah, he was running uh, for office while his wife was home with the kids. He didn't know what was happening because his wife was dealing with the kids. What were your thoughts and on that was, situation? That was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, well, here's why there's, it's bad on two levels. Level number one is um, the left attacked him and said, oh, you know, we got to start working on, you know, sharing the, the stuff at home. And, right, no, right. Number one, we don't have to work on anything. <laughs> People have a right to run their households the way they want to run their households. And if you, why do we assume that she didn't want to be home? Maybe she wanted to be home. Maybe she didn't. Maybe he wanted to be out. Maybe the, we don't know. Maybe they agreed. Maybe they said, "Hey, sweetheart, you go out and go try to rule the world now." When the kids are older, I'm gonna go out and rule the world. You stay home, or any combination. We have no idea. Maybe she believes it's right for her to stay home. Maybe she doesn't. It's not that person's business. There's no right. we about it. Both of my parents worked the whole time, and right now my wife stays home. Both are the right answer because it's my goddamn family, not right. anyone else's. But here's the and worst part: Beto apologized. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And that's what Why? And they, and they put, and the mom you for sorrying. You now, the mom forces you to. You have to. You have to. And, and then when you see like a Tucker Carlson say, I'm not bowing to the mob, that's when you get that. Into, but on the left, it's like a Beto. To me, I thought he was complimenting his wife. When he was saying, she takes care of the children the most of the time. I thought he was giving her praise and saying, like, my wife is taking care of my kids while I'm running a campaign. Like, I thought he was praising her. And then he has to come out and have, like, a public apology. I thought it was like, what kind of slideshow are we running right here? But not just that, right? The people who were saying, we have to work with to change this, they weren't saying, it is my opinion that he's wrong, which is fine. I'll have a problem with you thinking that he's wrong or right. That's fine. That's your opinion. But they're talking about policy moves. 
And that's what gets me crazy. Because now I think about, well, is it legal for that to happen? Should we have a law against that? That's the next step. Gotcha, gotcha. That's the next step, right? It's already in New York State, New York City, it is illegal to discriminate against someone because of their hairstyle. It's illegal. It's a law. Illegal, it's correct. So if you fire someone because they don't wash their hair, you now can be sued. Holy cow, man. Yeah, that's now, that's New York City. That happened this year. <laughs> wow. So the second that I, if I ever have a job again, I don't like working with people, but if I ever do get work with someone <laughs> and I think someone is going to fire me, I'll just, start, I'll just start growing dreads. Yeah. And I'm set. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I'll just start growing dreadlocks and I'm fine. Yes. But that's what I'm talking about. They're, they're talking about legislation to, legislation to make that happen, legislation to make that happen. That's my problem. So how do we fix it? By just leaving people alone. By letting people who want to have families where everybody works do that. Whether you personally agree with that or not does not matter. Let women who want to stay home or men who want to stay home. Let them stay home as their family. Whether you agree with that or not does not matter. Right. If you want to say it, you can. But should it be any legislation? Of course not. Should we public shaming? Of course not. Let families live how they want to live. That's the libertarian way. Right. That is the only third way. That's where we break the bubble. If not, this is going to be nasty. Let me tell you why it's going to be so nasty. Yeah, and, and, this and is not going to be a civil war. No. Go ahead. No, this it, is it, not going to be a civil war similar to other civil war where it's north versus south. Right. Those days are over. America is balkanized. And what I mean by that is it's not like South Carolina is against New York. No. Yeah. It's city versus rural. The cities of the south are the same as the cities of the north. The rule of the north is the same as the rule of the south. The city of the east are the same as the city of the west. The rule of the west, same as the city of the east. They're, they're the same. It's rural versus, versus cities. If you look at every state, every state is red. The question is, do they have enough urban population to actually turn the state blue? And the reason why so many cities are turning blue is because of urbanization. So many people moving to cities. And that's because... Since 2008, there's been no real recovery economically. And that's my next thing I'm bringing up. It's no real economic recovery. live in New York. That's why I don't live there. That's Everyone why, that's has, why I don't yes. live back home, Larry, man. That's why, that's why I live in yes. Arizona, because I have a house. I have a house for less, you know, I have, I have a house for next to nothing. And this wouldn't, this wouldn't get me half a closet in New York City. That's correct. Yes. That's so without that home, kind of recovery, you find people rushing in to try to, try to make any opportunity they can in the cities. So the country right now is going left. And people on the right hate when I say it, but it doesn't matter. Any way you look at it, the country is shifting left. And the biggest thing that's doing that, there are other factors. The biggest factor is urbanization. As you move into cities, they, they go more left, particularly youngsters. But the next thing that also happened is, if you're 28, as you are, then you know that most of your peer group, when they came out of school or out of college, they were promised a whole lot. They were given um, uh, participation trophies their entire life, Absolutely. and they were told, and they were told, once you graduate college at 22, there'll be a job waiting for you. I think it was the right thing. You know, the millennials. You know, I think a lot of. The, I think that this the tail end of the millennials was more so in this way. What's this like from the Gen Z now? Mm-hmm. It's like this new generation that's coming in, and the tail end of the millennials with the whole like man, entitled to everything type thing, and it's just like, man, I had a job when I was 13 years old working cash register at a Chinese restaurant, and I've been working ever since. You know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah, that but you like, are the exception. Right. You are the exception. Right. Most of your peer group did not work as a team. That's most true. of your peer group 
has at least $100,000 of debt from college. Most of the peer group is unhappy with what's happened to them. They don't have much ownership. Most of them don't own much at all. Right. So when you were told a lie and you busted your, your rump to make that, to go through the, the system, what you thought was right, and at the end of that system, stuff wasn't there, and you don't own much, and you don't see the future you want, you know what looks really good to you? Socialism. Particularly when you don't have the history of how bad it was because you didn't grow up in it. Right. So for you, as the history is just, cool Uncle Bernie. That basically is your entire history of it. So when you have that, socialism is not so bad anymore. So you find the country is going left. So that's not going to help our economics. The economy no. is breaking. That's not going to help our econ uh, economy at all. So the next step is a bubble in our economy. So there's going to be a bubble in politics and a bubble in the economy. And I can see both of them happening within the next five years. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're having me back on and go, see, Larry, you were wrong. I hope so. I'll, I will happily be wrong. And but unless we make some libertarian changes, we are really going to struggle. And I hate, I hate to say it, and I hope I'm wrong as well, but I have to agree with you. We're heading yep. to a, we're heading to a, you know, we saw it in New York, and I didn't know if you want to, you know, touch the, you know, the subject of, you know, the law that was passed in New York that they were also talking about in the state of Virginia. You know, we're talking about some radical, you know, policy ideas out there on, you know, third-term abortions. We're talking about, you know, yep. slavery reparations. We're talking about, you know, you know, uh, lowering the voting age to 16. We're talking about basically government, you know, the new Green Deal, which is basically, I think, a huge distraction of what's really going on behind the scenes. But when you actually, if you actually read the content, the, the actual text of what was filed in Congress, it's basically governmental takeover 101, and if you didn't read the bill, you just don't know it. You just know fighting powers. Well, you've you got to remember something, though. Um, the average American doesn't read any bill, nor does the average legislator, right? The bills are written either by corporate lobbyists, which is the norm, or, um, or sometimes, yeah, or sometimes they're written by um, uh, political lobbyists, but almost right. always corporate lobbyists. Right. So they write the actual bills. These guys just go, yes, and move on. So no one's really reading this thing. The problem is, remember, since we have so much information, today's world, we, are, we have too much information. So the goal, the, the goal is, how do you curate that information? Well, you can't. It's just too much. So what do we do? We say, it's the New Green Deal. Wow, that sounds cool. My dad told me the New Deal was good. Therefore, it's new and it's green. It's even better. Yes. And that's, and, and, that's and, the end They don't think anything right, closer. And right now, AOS, you know, uh, Ocasio-Cortez and Tlaib and everything that's going on in the media right now, to me, this is all just a big... And the Democrats, I got to say it, you know, they're playing this very well. The art of distraction in politics is like... An, is, oh, they're is, winning. There's no question. Is, the art of distraction yep. is a nasty game, and Nancy Pelosi is great at it. Because behind the scenes... She's doing a whole lot of stuff, guys. The HR one that she's trying to pass, she's trying to basically overhaul all election, like voting, like a like a ton of voting thing. And everyone's just worrying about AOC's last comment. And it's like everyone's looking over here at the shiny new toy. When behind here, you know, there's really a, there's there's bad things. Going. We're really taking a radical shift towards. We could literally be choosing between Trump and Bernie, where it's Trump and you either hate him or socialism, and we're all going down. Yeah, no, no. I, I think the idea of, of waiting for a strong man, like, look, Trump made a, a big mistake, or maybe did, um, in trying to use the, um, an executive order to yeah. build the wall. 
right, if, if it goes through. Because right. if he does that, you know that the second a Democrat wins, he, the Democrat's going to go, I'm executive order for guns. Let's go and confiscate all the guns. Or executive order yeah, for the... Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I don't think, I don't whatever. Think do anything, I don't think they would do anything for climate change, but I think immediately they would do guns. Whatever. They'll do something. Right. That doesn't matter. It's bad. Right? I mean, whatever well, it is, to me, it's not going to be good. To me, Trump messed up. He, he campaigned on the whole time about his wall. To me, if Trump took office on, what was it, the tw- January 2021st, if he sat down in the Oval Office on day one, signed the thing for the wall, would anyone in the country have been like, wait, why the hell did he sign that bill? No, Trump messed up by not getting his wall when he controlled all three. Well, well let, let, let's look back. This is an important piece to in remember. My, you know, in my opinion, if you signed it in day no, one, no, no, I, I, wall already. there's a point you got to realize here. Many people don't. Being president is a whole lot harder than you imagine. Let me give you what I mean by that. Look at the last two Democrat Republican presidents each. You look at George W. Bush, H.W. Bush, and Bill Clinton. Both of them were governors. Both of them did very well in their first two years. Look at Obama and Trump. Neither of them were governors. Both of them struggled in their first two years. The and, learning uh, curve... That, that, that's, a very, that's, that's a very interesting... That's very interesting. Yes, the learning curve that both Trump and Obama had to have by not being governors hurt them tremendously. And, and, Bush, and, 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 and has to get Trump's have getting that. better as he's going. Yes, he had a two-year learning curve, just like Obama did. Right? But and, the problem and, and is, Obama didn't, after Obama that two-year curve, right. you start losing the house. Now, 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 if I was to ask you right now, hey, Larry, you have to choose between Trump and one 2020 Dem candidate that's already declared and, we're all, and we'll count Biden. Who do you think has the best chance to go against Trump in 2020? Because to me, personally, the best I'm, chance you know, to win? Do you think any, to, to me, I don't think anybody that's declared at this point right now can give Trump even a fight. I don't, the only person I think here that could give him a fight is Bernie. Um, I, okay. uh, my gut, right, depends, depends on two things. If we assume the economy remains the same, right. doesn't go down, if he we assume the economy stays up, he needs that's, that his thing. that's his thing. If the economy stays up, I think only Biden can beat him right now. Biden, really? If the economy, yes, because Biden is nostalgic for Democrats. Yes, Biden will get the, uh, the, uh, the, oh, it's Obama, we miss Obama. Yes. And, and the Democrats will yes. come out like there's no tomorrow. And just simply on the numbers, I think, uh, I think uh, Biden could beat uh, Trump, assuming that, you know, the, the economy's uh, decent still. Now, when the economy Trump, crashes, yes. I think, I think Trump Trump's doesn't done. run. I think Trump's done. I think he doesn't run. I think he drops out. I think he he blames somebody else. He does something. Yeah, I, I, I think you're yeah, out. I think you're exactly right. Or or if if the economy say crash, God forbid, you know, in the next six months, I think immediately you'd see a bunch of Republicans try to jump into a race to find that. That's exactly so. right. Yep. And in that fight, he may not want to make that fight. Now, don't get me wrong. Trump likes to fight, but he yeah. likes to fight when when there is an end game, when there's when there's something at the end to win. Right. Um. He's already got the biggest prize. What else can he win? I mean, like, there's nothing else to win. Oh, so right? you're like, like, dude, dude, why are you tweeting about John McCain? Just let him rest in peace, man. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Donald, it, it's, Mr. President, it's 4 o'clock on a Thursday. Put down the phone. Like, <laughs> there we go. Yes. Please. You know, like, yes. Hey, Larry, man, I appreciate you giving me the time, man. Uh, John, I uh, wish you could have been here, but uh, hope to have you on maybe in a uh, you know, couple months, follow up, and... Uh, 
Really love what you're doing, man. If you can, you know, anything you want to pitch right now or, you know, where everybody can find you, you know, just want to... Yep, LarrySharp.com. If you like what I'm doing, you think it's important, donate, support, whatever you can give helps. I'm still traveling the country. I'm still traveling the state, putting this message out, telling people there is a third way. Uh, not just that. Larry Sharp, comma, Libertarian Facebook page. Larry Sharp, Twitter. Larry Sharp, Instagram. Follow me. Reach out. I'm happy to talk. Hey, I appreciate it. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll share all that information as well. We appreciate you joining the show, and uh, great to finally meet you, my man. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.